Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. My Bleeding Ears podcast. This is episode number 158. With me today, as always, is Jessalyn. Hello. If you haven't listened to us before, we're a movie podcast with a weird name. I'm sure a lot of people are wondering why it's called My Bleeding Ears. And it started off with a blog I used to write called My Bleeding Eyes. And then blogs became things of the past, and it was time to move on to audio. So, Instead of, I mean, you never see us, so why would I name it My Bleeding Eyes Podcast? So, right. changed it to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. I get it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us this week as we review a bunch of movies that we've seen. Plus, we also have our movie of the week, which comes in the second part of our episode here. So, uh, what Jessalyn and, and I like to do uh, is just get right into this shit and start reviewing some movies. So, there isn't a bunch of shitty babble going on. So, Jessalyn, would you please, please, hurry up and tell us which is one of the first movies well, that we've I haven't watched. eaten anything yet today, so oh, don't shit. rush me. I'm going to rush myself. You hated every single movie we <laughs> <laughs> So, actually, I liked most of them. So, no, not most of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, from 1999 on Tubi, we watched Virus. Now, I had never seen it before. I forget if you've seen it before. I did see it when it came out on DVD. And I remember I got a lot of shit. And I remember watching it and being like, oh, it's, you know, it's okay. And it's not horrible. Yeah. I didn't know what people were complaining about. I think a lot of the special effects in this movie are awesome. Because they had to use, they had to make a lot of, like, electronics and, and mechanical cyborg people and spiders and all sorts yeah, of shit. Yeah, it's very cool. Yes. It, um, so... I was like, yeah, it was on Tubi, and I was like, dude, let's watch Virus. I haven't seen it in 20 years. Let's see what it's like. I don't remember too much of it. I remember Jamie Lee Curtis. That's about it. And um, I was pleasantly surprised. It's not bad. It's actually kind of good. Yeah, I like it. I don't. I guess I also don't understand what people were upset about. Right. It's not fun, like Deep Rising, which knows that it's silly fun. It's well, not trying to be silly fun. There are some silly kind of parts. There yeah. are some comic relief with one of the characters in the movie. Right. He does provide some of that. But all in all, yeah, it is more of a serious movie. And we got Donald Sutherland doing a shitty accent and stuff. So I can understand where people kind of were turned off by this movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Didn't turn me off, though. I, I enjoyed it. I think had the special effects been bad, I probably wouldn't have liked it. But since the special effects are really cool, yeah, um, I enjoyed it. It's that, that it's kind of like the end of an era, this movie, with its yeah. practical effects. Right. This is when, right when, you know, CG really started to hit and give us, like, some of the bigger movies and some of the bigger action set pieces. So, I think also maybe that, too. I mean, like, well, 
No CGI in this one. CGI, yeah, yeah. yeah. CGI was special in yeah. the 90s. Yeah. Now we're like, we want practical effects. Yeah, I know. We can never make a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. We want both. Yes, exactly. Both used effectively. Yeah. We want them both used well. Practical effects where it looks good, and then CGI where practical effects don't work. Mm -hmm. That's what we want. All right, next. Um, these are two movies, although we'll, we'll really just talk about uh, the one. Uh, we watched the new Suicide Squad from 2021. It's yes. currently on HBO Max, or it will be on HBO Max for like another day or two. Hurry up and go watch that. Yeah, I don't know how long the movies are staying on HBO Max. It depends, Max. and I think this one's leaving pretty soon. Okay. Yeah. Which you should hurry up and catch it, because it's a really fun movie. Yeah, I've seen it twice, and I feel bad I watched it again without you. I'll watch it with you. I would watch it a third <laughs> time, so you get to see it again. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was a big difference from the first one. It was the James Gunniest James Gunn that is ever James Gunned. Right. That's how I'm <laughs> describing it. They were just like, James Gunn, you do it. Mm. Whatever. Ask us for permission. Yeah, Don't even run things past us. You just do it. Fix DC. And I, I would love to to see uh, David Ayer as like a fly on the wall during this discussion. Yeah, David like, Ayer. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Although I still think his cut, I still think would be bad. I don't think it would be all that great, but yeah. I think it would be better. Better. Um, and it's not because he's a bad filmmaker. He's not a great yeah. one. He's not a bad one. But I think if they were to give a miscut, it would be better. But at the same time, I think a lot of the the different things in that movie just don't connect. Yeah. Uh, like the enemies, or like the mushman they fight, and what is the Joker action. even doing there? Right. It, yeah. It, just, just all these different factors in this movie, which really just don't connect, mm -hmm. unfortunately. So, I mean, as much as I would love to see a different cut of this movie, at the same time, I kind of want to just put it to rest. Be like, okay, that was a first try. We watched it Failed. again, um, and it didn't piss me off this time, but <laughs> it didn't piss me off this time because they cut a couple of things that I really fucking hated. Right, I believe we watched, we um, watched. Uh, there are several cuts to this movie, of course the, the theatrical one, and then there was like an extended one which added like more of the Joker and more of a few little other conversations yeah, that go there on. there was more Joker in this one this time mm -hmm. when we watched it. We're talking about the old one, right. obviously. Right, yeah. But yeah, the new one's super fun. Yeah. It's too long. Uh, I had to say that. I had to. It's too long. You could shave some parts off. It's Yeah, they could have totally gotten rid of like the whole Elise Braga kind of the, the rebels fighting and everything. They yeah. could have gotten rid of that whole part, that whole part of the movie, and it would have been fine. Yeah. They could have just put a, a few different scenes in there to kind of cover for it. And I think it would have cut the time out and still given you the same experience. Right. I agree. Yeah. Too long. I guess I don't know exactly what I would cut, but you could cut something. Um, it's a fun action movie. I laughed a lot. This time I was invested in the characters. Yes. yes. Um, you know what? You should have watched it. They kill off Boomerang in the first five minutes. And I was like, woohoo! I'm going to love this movie. And I did. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was good. I had a good time watching it. And yeah, I think that's a both recommend from both of us for uh, if you guys to watch this. Definitely, yeah. James Gunn took Suicide Squad and fixed it. Mm -hmm. You know what's really funny though too is that um, Polka Dot Man became such like a big like people started to love him because he's, he's a great character. Yes, yeah. Looking at eBay because I just read something on the internet and they're like, oh my god, the inflation for 
the first appearance of Polka Dot Man. So I went and I looked. <laughs> oh, people yeah. were paying outstanding amounts of money for this comic for book. For comic book, For yeah. his first appearance, which I'm sure was probably 2 or $3 a year ago. And now it's through the roof. So amazing. Amazing stuff <laughs> that, that can happen with just a character, you know? Just yeah. a, an obscure character. And... You, Great casting, too, because everybody's seen this guy, David Dasmalshian. Dasmalshian? Dasmalshian. He went to college in Chicago. I don't think he's from here, but he went to college here, which I think is cool. Because um, he shows up all over the place. The first place I saw him was the, not the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Dark, uh, yeah. No, maybe no, the was Dark it, it was Knight. the Dark Knight. Yeah. He plays the Joker, one of his henchmen right. in the top, right? Real kind of creepy looking dude. Yeah. Right? Uh, my, I remember him, well, I remember him for that, but also from one of my favorite movies that I talk about on this show all the time is Relaxer. Even yeah. though he's not in it very much, he's in the beginning and the end, but he's in it. He's yeah. like, he just pops up in he's, all these movies. I mean, he's a main character hmm? for the simple fact that there are only like two, three. Two or three, three. yeah. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Relaxer, check it out. I keep talking Absolutely about it. Absolutely check it out. <laughs> I need to... Grow some ovaries in contact. I'm friends with uh, Joshua Burge on Instagram, and I just need to ask him for an interview. Yeah, that'd be fucking. Hilarious. I don't know why I'm so starstruck by him. Yeah, I do. I love him. He's yeah, awesome. He's funny. Yeah. Anyway, but we're we're talking about Suicide Squad. Check it out. Polka Dot Man is a great great character. Yeah, he was. And they fun. used him perfectly mm-hmm. because he's also a little bit tragic, and they yeah. they definitely play on yeah. that. Okay, next up, The Resort, 2021 on Hulu. I'll be honest, I don't really remember this one. Really? Four friends head to Hawaii to investigate reports of a haunting at an abandoned resort in hopes of finding the infamous half-faced girl. When they arrive, they soon learn you should be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I mean, I remember that the guy looked like the grossest redneck I'd ever seen in my life in one scene. <laughs> and they pulled his hair up into a man bun. And I was like, this is a totally different guy. This guy's really hot. He was like, uh, yeah, he, he looked like they, if they, um, like a Jason Momoa kind of guy, you know, like the big beefy hairy yeah. kind of dude, like look and beard and all that shit. So, uh, yeah, I, I remember this movie and, ah, fuck a little bit, <laughs> I guess, but it was, it was very unremarkable. I don't remember yeah. too much from it. Uh, what did we even watch on Hulu, you said? Hulu, yeah. yeah. It's not part of the Into the Dark series. No, it That's isn't. That's what I wanted to see. Here are these images? Yeah, you, you know, it, they are now, because I remember okay. one. the one guy was kind of a jackass, and he yeah. was, like, breaking shit in the hotel and everything. Right, okay. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, it's not very memorable. Um, so I don't recommend it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, if you have Hulu, watch it. it I don't. It, I don't remember disliking it, so mm-hmm. I'm sure I liked it just fine. And now it's gone from my brain. But I will say this one thing is that the um, what they where they work, like the production values of this movie are good because yeah. they're they're actually it looks like in an abandoned resort. Right. So yeah, I got to give them that they they got a good place to work. Agreed. That's the best I could probably say. And so maybe. Far. You will find it memorable. No, yeah, I didn't. Except for the big muscly guy. Yeah, who was like, uh, he looked like the pawn shop guy from Parks and Rec acting in the first scene. And then suddenly I was like, this guy's hot. Who's this guy? Yeah, because he took his shirt off. (laughs) (laughs) And pulled his hair back. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 
<clears throat> Next, we watched the documentary Val on Amazon about Val Kilmer. Mm -hmm. um, apparently Val Kilmer, not apparently, we saw it. He documented so much of his life in mm -hmm. video. He has so much. They even show him going through just boxes and boxes. Right. You say he like filmed tapes. everything. Yeah. All his different movie shoots and everything. You just you just have a camera out and film. And I think I believe at the beginning of the movie they show him with some other guys from Top Gun. Yep. Partying and everything, having a good time. And he talks about later on that there are like two factions. There somewhat factions right. of, of actors, which they, uh, there was like the Val side, we're all fun and everything. And then there was the Tom Cruise side, a little more serious. But there's still, like, you know, Tom Cruise is, Cruise is cool and everything. Yeah. He's fine. But... He also said he was purposely staying away from Tom Cruise because they were supposed to be rivals. And right, he's yeah. pretty method. But yeah. had nothing but delightful things to say about Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when it comes to this movie, um, it's kind of sad. You know, you, you've seen Val Kilmer for 30, 40 years through movies. Yeah. Uh, all these different kinds of roles, all different kinds of roles. Never really got typecast in anything. And then all of a sudden, you know, he has throat cancer and then he loses his voice pretty his, much. Yeah, his voice is so recognizable. I mean, I would know Val Kilmer's voice anywhere. Mm -hmm. And he had a beautiful singing voice, too. Mm -hmm. He, I mean, he recorded all the tracks for The Doors. Um, and he recorded all the tracks for Top Secret, which might be stupid, but yeah. he can still sing. Yeah. Um, so it was heartbreaking. Mm. To, to hear how he speaks now. He speaks with a voice box. Um, yeah. It, he, and he... Well, it's got, not even a, a voice box. It's a valve that you a hold. A valve, yeah. That he holds. He's got to, a hole in his throat. Yeah. So he has to hold that so he can speak, but it's a pretty much just kind of like a, a one-way valve to where either you want to speak or you breathe. Yeah. So he has to hold it, talk, breathe kind of thing. And yeah. Then he, and I've seen these two where he has to have his throat suctioned out through the hole and everything. It's yeah. fucking gross. I don't believe they show it in the movie, but... Well, but he does get sick, mm -hmm. and it's all, like, mucus that mm -hmm. comes out. Yeah, yeah. it's gross. Um, uh, if you like Val Kilmer, yeah, you should definitely check this out. It's yeah. They don't go too into depth about things. It's more of just his kind of life in movies. Um, yeah. And his son does the narrating for a lot of it. Which is really cool, I think. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is on what, Hulu again or, or Amazon? This is on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, it's an Amazon original. I definitely say check it out. Um, if you don't like Val Kilmer, I would say check it out. <laughs> you might actually change your mind. Because I remember thinking when we, when my friend Grace and I met him, we have talked about that a bunch on this podcast, I was afraid that he was going to be rude because I'd heard he was difficult to work with. And mm -hmm. he doesn't say that he's not difficult to work with, but he says, you know, I want to make art and I'm going to have an opinion. And mm -hmm, yeah. the way he talks about the island of Dr. Moreau, I completely see it from his side. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, which they do some of the, show some of the scenes from there, which is kind of funny. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's fucking with Brando. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I mean he's not fucking with Brando in like a pleasant way. Like yeah, right. right yeah. Now. <laughs> but to the director who comes in to take over, he's a real asshole to him. Whoa. Um, and I kind of understand the justification of it, actually. No, Frankenheimer's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, check it out. Whether you like Val or not, you might change your mind. Next up, uh, The Boy Behind the Door. Ah, uh, yes. This one uh, is on Shudder, if, uh, if I'm correct. Yes. Um, I found this one frustrating. Really? Tell me about it. It's just this kid 
Oh, with the kids. This kid. I feel like, oh, so these kids are 11 or 12. Definitely 11 or 12. They have uh-huh. to be. Um, the, the backstory, they get kidnapped by these people. We don't really know what's going on. One kid gets loose and goes to run away, and then he hears his friend screaming upstairs, and mm-hmm. he can't do it. He has to go in and save his friend. Um, and then it's all just like one in the house. Right, one location. Movie, one location horror movie. Um, and by the time I was 11 or 12, or even younger than that, I knew how to get out of the trunk of a car. Mm-hmm. I knew what kind of weapons I should be using. Mm-hmm. I knew all kinds of th- stuff about avoiding strangers and moving quickly and hiding and stuff like that. And and this kid does none of that. <laughs> none of it. The fact that he survives, that either one of them survive is miraculous right, yeah. to me. And I just, it, it frustrated me. Sure, I get their children. I get right. that I'm an adult and maybe I know. But, but when I was a kid, I knew all that stuff too. Uh, I, I do, I agree with you on this because there are a, a few things that I would have done differently when I was that age too. Yeah. And I can understand you're under a lot of pressure. You're scared. Like you're yeah. Scared Who knows what like I would this. do. Right. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have run back. <laughs> I, I would well, have gotten a hold of someone I think, quickly. yeah, I think he does because they're in the middle of nowhere. So I think he yeah, also so realizes he there's to. nowhere he can go. Right. Yeah, so he comes back. So we end up finding out that, or... No, it, it doesn't. It's not exactly a hundred percent clear, but you can get the gist of why these kids are kidnapped. It's because um, the guy who kidnaps them, or or the person who kidnaps them, I'm sorry, um, keeps one kid in the trunk and grabs another kid, and then there's another adult that comes to the house. The kidnapper leaves, and the adult stays there for three hours. He has a three-hour time limit, so you're mm-hmm. thinking, okay, he has three hours to do something. So you're like, okay, this is kind of, this is uh, sex trafficking. Yes, So, sure. yeah, uh, the, the kidnapper pretty much is getting a shitload of money, lets this guy loose in his house to go fuck this little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for this guy, the other little kid was loose and ends up killing him. <laughs> yeah, and that scene is actually great. Yes. Because... He, he sort of stabs him accidentally, and then he says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. that's what I think an 11 or 12-year-old kid would do yeah. in a situation like that. That scene is pretty powerful, I think. He didn't want to hurt anyone, but at the same him. time, yeah. you know, he's got to get his buddy out. Yeah. Um, and as a woman, I think I've just been conditioned to be ready to hurt a man <laughs> in any way possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe I feel more ready for it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so kind of frustrating, but good. Both kids are very good. Yes. Um, it, do, you, it, do you recommend it, though? Oh, I would recommend it, because maybe it was just me. <laughs> You're like, God the, damn it, The kid. whole time, I just wanted to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> you yelling at little kids. Yeah. But yeah, check it out. It's on Shudder. Um, and there's another movie on Shudder called The Gin by the same guy, and I mentioned Oh, okay, that's that. right, that's right. Um, yeah. yeah, this movie shot, you know, uh, looks good. You know, it doesn't look like shit. You know, it's in a yeah. bunch of close-ups and stuff. So, yeah, um, I do recommend this also. So, um, it's not the greatest movie ever, but it's it's very competent, and it accomplishes what it's supposed to. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, next. Open 24 Hours 2020, also on Shudder. Um, this is a girl is released from prison right for murdering yeah or not for uh setting her boyfriend on fire uh so when she's released in prison she needs to get a job mm-hmm. so she goes and gets uh hired pretty quickly at this gas station for the overnight shift 
Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, there's characters that come around, and uh, we find out that yeah, when she's talking to one of her co-workers that her boyfriend at the time was a serial killer and she knew about it. Right. And that she didn't do anything until she lit the guy on fire and tried yeah. to kill him. And sometimes watched would come over and watch him kill these girls. Yeah, but not like he she was made to watch. It wasn't necessarily there doing watching for fun. Right. She felt bad about it and she was stuck in a relationship and was scared. But they toy with the idea that they, that she might have liked it. This is my problem with the movie, is that it's kind of a mess. And at the end, I was kind of just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, it had potential, and it, it, it does. didn't deliver. Yeah. It does have potential. I think it delivered a little bit. It's, okay. It wasn't the greatest, but it was still competent, at least. Yeah. And still, you're still given some characters to get behind. Um, you're throwing some curveballs. You think someone... Um, like, you don't know, you're not 100% sure if her boyfriend's dead or alive, and you find out, yes, he is alive, right. and he's in prison, and then she has a, um, a parole officer that checks in on her and stuff, so there's all these things presented to you that you think also that there's a killer loose, because her friend drops her up at work, um, and then she's attacked in the car, mm-hmm. and shortly after that, the parole officer comes in, so you're not... You know, you think maybe it's the parole officer, maybe it's your coworker, maybe it's the owner, maybe it's all, maybe it's this truck driver kind of thing. So you're, mm-hmm. you're thrown into this mystery of, of who may be killing people around this gas station, which I mean, it, it kind of works in a way. So I, I do recommend this movie, but be wary going in. That's I, what I'll say. I won't. I'd recommend it, sure. It's not bad, but it's a mess. Mm-hmm. I, I agree to disagree on okay. that. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, I'll save that one for last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to save that one for last. Let's talk about The Unholy. Ah, The Unholy. This was my fault. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in a possession movie, and I can't resist that. <laughs> um, this one wasn't too bad. I didn't hate it. I, 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 I mean, I can tell you didn't like it very much. I was pretty content with it. Nah, I didn't like it very much. It was it was on par with those big budget horror movies that would come out used to come out in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say big budget. I'm gonna say kind of lower to medium kind of budget horror movies where you get like a star or two in there. Yeah, I mean Carrie Elwes, William Sadler, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. They they I'm not saying they're a list, but right. they're guys for sure. Yes, and this movie's about. Um, this girl who um, is the, uh, I guess her uncle is a, uh, a priest, mm-hmm. and she's deaf, and she can't speak. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan, the main character in this, is a journalist who's been dis- disgraced because he used to make up stories right. for, like, weird stories. So now he's kind of trying to get his mojo back. He's working mm-hmm. for, like, a, a, a third-tier kind of news agency. They give him 100, 200 bucks to do a story, and he does it. So he's looking for his way back into the limelight, and then he comes upon this this town, which um, used to have, which burned a witch, or, or or sacrificed a witch because she thought she was a witch right. in this uh, in this area, and then he 
is called there because there's this cow that has a marking on it, which he thinks, which the owner of the cow thinks it's the mark of the devil, but it actually kind of looks just like the Metallica sign. <laughs> but upon doing that, he he wanders over to a tree and he sees like this doll in the tree, mm-hmm. and then the farmer is like, oh, they used to put these dolls around for good luck for you know people for crops and all sorts of things, but. The doll he picks up is wrapped in chains, mm-hmm. and then Jeffrey Dean Morgan's like, "Oh, well, let's start something here," and he crushes it. <laughs> yeah, because he's initially he's there to discredit this miracle, right? To get his mojo back, yeah. And upon doing that, the priest's uh, niece is able to hear and see again. So. Uh, she becomes, well, people think she's the embodiment of Christ. and The she's Virgin the, Mary. The Virgin Mary, I'm That's sorry. That's important. Yes, you're because right. Because when she calls herself Mary, everybody assumes it's the Virgin, Virgin Mary. Virgin Mary. Like, Mary isn't a really, really common name. Right. Like. And so people start, <laughs> uh, she's able to heal people. She's yeah. hearing Mary tell her to do these things, follow me and everything. But what's really happening is that this witch that was killed is... Um, kind of controlling her and getting other people to join this cult right. or and to, so she could be able to rule the world mm-hmm. and possess everyone and follow her. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan's, he like interviews her and she trusts him and everything and he starts to kind of figure things out for himself to where he needs to stop this at the end of the movie or else right. all hell's going to break loose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. I, I wouldn't say rent it. I would say maybe wait till yeah, it comes on Amazon or I something. I wish it had been free, but I paid for it of my own free will, so that's on me. That's on you. <laughs> but um, And I paid for all... it so I can say whatever I want about it. Oh, yeah. It gave you money. <laughs> Stinks. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all, right. all right. How many more we got? Like two? Yeah, two more and then our movie of the week. Oh, sweet. Uh, let's do Dave Made a Maze ah, 2017 yes. on IFC. I feel like we've been really successful. IFC Unlimited is uh, an add-on of Amazon Prime that we have, and I think we find some some little gems. Me I didn't too. love this one, but I've never really seen anything like it before either. Yes, and it had a lot of potential. Yes. It came through with some of it, but some of it it didn't. Yeah. Uh, it's about this guy who, I mean, he has issues... Probably mental issues or, or or something. He's got he's an artist who has who has like a block and he's been depressed. Right. And it's clear, uh, you know, with the tension between he and his girlfriend that they're a little bit on the fritz. Right. Um, so his girlfriend comes home one day and sees that he built a um, a fort or a maze in the middle of their living room, which is all made of cardboard and everything. Mm-hmm. She's like trying to get him to come out of there. He's like, I can't. I'm fucking lost. I can't get out of this maze. Yeah. And she's like, oh, come on and everything. She goes to go in there and he's like, no, 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 no. There are traps. Don't come in here. Right. And so <laughs> um, I forgot who invited a bunch of people over. I think one of, he said to invite a couple of his friends, but that's it. So a bunch of other people come over. Yeah, Adam Bush from Buffy, I think, invites everybody mm-hmm. over. And so they see, they're all like surrounded this thing, you know. They all want to go in. He's like, no, no, it's not finished yet. There's traps and everything. And people are like, dude, this is just a, a fucking cardboard th- a fort. Like, what right. the fuck is this going to do? How are we going to fit in here? So they all end up going inside of this fort. With a camera guy and a mic guy. Right. It's like a documentarian. Right. Um, <laughs> so he's filming that along with his girlfriend and a few other of his friends. And, of course, as soon as they get in there, they see it's way bigger than 
it is on the outside. And this is where it becomes, I think, visually stunning. It's yes. Very, yes. very clever how they put it that is. off. It is. It's very detailed, but everything's cardboard or confetti or... Which, I and which I mean, good on them because they probably did this on the cheap. Yeah. I mean, how much is how much is it really going to cost you to glue a shitload of cardboard? Right. And then I'm sure it's easier just to, to duplicate or replicate other scenes with it. Yeah. Just move some other cardboard around here. But then there are other scenes, too, where there's a lot more work done. And you can see, like, things he's painted and, and put up on the walls and everything. It's 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 pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, what ends up happening is that this is, like, the maze of Greek mythology, where there's a minotaur in there and everything, mm -hmm. chasing them around. Uh, the way people die and get killed in this, um, like their limbs or their heads cut off or whatever, and like paper mache and shit fly out of yeah, where like, the moons are. Confetti and streamers. <laughs> yes. And paper mache. Yeah. So it's I like that. Clever. So that was that was cool and everything. I think where the only place where this movie falters is the relationship between our two main characters, the guy who built it and his girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, they kind of do a little bit with it towards the end of the movie, but it's very cryptic and it's not necessarily spelled out for you. I would have liked to have seen maybe them coming to a resolution being like, you know, we're really not working as a couple kind of thing towards the end of the movie. Me too, because I thought, so this obviously reminded me of Michael Gondry. I mean, yeah. it, it can't not. It, it's definitely influenced by Mike, Michael, Michelle, am I saying? Michelle. Michelle Gondry, excuse me. By Gondry, I'll just say Michelle, that. Michelle, Michelle, whatever. There's like 80 different ways. he does is that he takes the surreal element and makes beautiful things out of it, but it's all a metaphor for something much, much deeper. Which this movie really is. This movie didn't deliver on that. Right. Yeah. And that's what I, I was looking for. But at the same time, it was still fun, at least. Yeah, I had a good time. I might even watch it again. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. There's comedy in it, of course. You have to. I mean, if you're going to have a fucking cardboard, cardboard fort and maze in the middle of your fucking house. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I do recommend it. Yeah, I would recommend it, too. IFC Unlimited. So we have it through Amazon, and I would recommend getting it. It's like six bucks a month, and yeah. we find some gems in there. Right. There's a lot of, a lot of the same companies that did some movies that we like. Oh, fuck, I'm trying to think of Uncorked. Yeah, Gravitas, I think, has Does a couple it, yeah, there. So yeah, there's some decent distribution places and, and different production companies. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, here's... Oh, I, I've been waiting for this one. Yeah, this I'm saying, fun, I right? saved this one for last for Movie of the Week. Um, easily, I think, the worst one. Yeah. Of the ones that we watched yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Uh, also, my idea. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, so it's called It's Midnight in the Switchgrass from 2021. <laughs> um, it, it, we rented it on Amazon, and I'm supporting Megan Fox's comeback, and I don't regret it. Good luck, <laughs> Megan Fox. This one was not good, but your last one was. Yeah, last one was good. This one, not so good. This yeah. one is uh, Megan Fox plays like an FBI agent trying to catch a serial killer along like a, a, a stretch of land. Yeah. Where, you know, prostitutes are being murdered. Yeah, so she's like vice. She yeah. poses as a prostitute and then bust guys. Right. And she has been waiting for this one particular guy. Right, and so she works with Bruce Willis, who never seems to stand in this movie. He's... I thought I had seen, like, the laziest performances Bruce Willis has ever given, but I was wrong. Yeah, this is the laziest performance he's ever done. Yeah. 
It's pretty bad. I was offended. (laughs) How much did you get paid for this? How (laughs) dare you? (laughs) Lucas Haas, on the other hand, who plays the serial killer, gives it his all. He does. Uh, He doesn't pull off creep very well for me. And he never grew out of those ears, either. Or that cute little button nose. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like he went to school with Elijah Wood. We're like, hey, let's just yeah. never get rid of this, you know, uh, pre-pubic fucking <laughs> look. Pre-pubescent <laughs> look. Yeah, but Elijah Wood pulls off creep really well. Yeah, well, I just don't think Lucas can do it. Just Maniac, Jesus, Eternal, Eternal Sunshine. Sunshine yeah. He's a real creep in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, this also stars Emil Hirsch, mm-hmm. who. Um, th- this was not worth his time. I don't know. Is he having trouble getting work? I feel bad. I think he does because he got <laughs> caught up in some shit, I think. Oh, okay. Some, some, uh, shit against women, I think. I'm not 100% oh, no. on this well, one. Fuck you, Mills. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't there, there was reports out about it. I'm not okay. 100%. I don't know anything about it, so I have no hard feelings towards Emil Hirsch. Uh, right now I do about Bruce Willis, though. <laughs> and Megan Fox is good. Yeah, with she's what fine. she's got to work with, which isn't a whole lot. It isn't. This is the movie where she met Machine Gun Kelly, Colson Baker, and it's... He's pretty horrible in this movie, so too. so weird. <laughs> he plays this skanky, like, junky... John? Pimp. Yeah. <laughs> Not John, a pimp. He's a pimp? I thought he was a John. I thought he was going to fuck Megan Fox that one time. Yeah, but I think it was, like, the... I think he's a pimp. I'm no, sure she talks was... to him later. Well, no, because in the movie... She's a prostitute playing. Well, she's a, a, a member of the FBI playing a prostitute. Yeah. And she's all wired in and everything. And then he comes to the door and he's like, "Are you sure I haven't met you before?" Thinking that it's a prostitute he's been with before. Okay, fine. Because if it was a pimp, he would know who his lady's up. Yeah, I guess you're. I mean, I know she. Right. Okay. I thought he was a pimp, not like because her we pimp. find out later in the movie that because she ends up meeting up with him and be like. Who the fuck was there originally? Because he says that when he was going to go to the hotel room, he ran into the actual serial killer. And shoot him away. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. So. He just looks like a pimp, I yeah. guess. Oh, this is funny. It yeah. says Colson Baker uncredited. <laughs> he got Did his he name take off the Because <laughs> he was all bent out of shape that all of his scenes got cut. And he went on social media to bitch about that. <laughs> Um, but I feel like he was in it way more than he even needed to be. Yeah. <laughs> like a whole extra scene. So, yeah. Yeah. So maybe. <laughs> There's only two of them. <laughs> took the name off of it. I'm not really sure. But he found love, and that's great. I wish yeah. them both the best. Good for him. Um, so, Megan Fox, keep climbing, baby. Come back. Yeah. I'll watch all the movies. That let's you're let's in. forget that movie. Yeah. But the other movie she was in, way better. Her performance was way better. She yeah. just had a lot more to work with. A lot more physicality too. So. Yes, that was definitely the Megan Fox show, and I mm-hmm. really met till death. Yes, that one was good. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was bad, and Bruce Willis, how dare you? <laughs> I mean, he's probably learning from Steven Seagal, like <laughs> how to act horribly from your car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he did stand once. I yeah, think. he was pissed off, and he left the diner. And <laughs> that was it. And then we saw him at the end of the movie. Right. <sighs> okay. All right, well, uh, stay tuned, and we will be back with our movie of the week. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. 
The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 1996 Stephen Hopkins film, The Ghost and the Darkness. I remember first seeing this movie on VHS when it came out because well, I wanted to see some man-eating fucking lions. Interesting. Val Kilmer's in it. I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I don't know why I missed it because I was always in love with Val Kilmer, but this was my first watch. I've definitely never seen this movie. Oh, good, good, good. All right, well, this is based on a true story, and I'm going to let you tell us what the story is, the true story of this movie. Oh, okay. Because you did you did research yeah. on it. Well, and quick and dirty Wikipedia research, but yes. More research than I more did. More research Well, than actually, did. yes and no, because I have a story about everything. But anyway, okay. please tell us about the story behind the ghost in the dark. So the, the premise is a bridge engineer and an experienced old hunter begin a hunt for two lions after they start attacking local construction workers. So this real-life person, Colonel John Henry Patterson, played by Val Kilmer, uh, he was an actual guy who built a bridge in Africa. He came home and he wrote a book about true events that are that some people are not completely convinced are true, mm-hmm. that these two lions <clears throat> hunted together, these two male lions hunted together, which is bizarre. And the movie keeps right. re- referencing how weird that is. So weird that it seems untrue, Colonel Patterson. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, uh, and killed almost 135 workers, yes. is what his book alleges. And no one can really disprove that, but there are a lot of people who don't believe that his book is true. Well, there are also a lot of people that didn't believe that two male lions can hunt together, but I mean, who knows? I mean, a lot of weird shit happens, and of course... Yeah, this I I want to believe this happened. I really do. I, mean, <laughs> I really I believe do. it too. I believe something happened and people were attacked by lions. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I'm sure it's not impossible for two male lions. Homosexuality occurs in animals all the time. Maybe mm-hmm. these two lions were gay. True. Um, yeah. I... <laughs> um, so yeah. So it's basically. Well, I don't think homo. Uh, no. Yeah, it does. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, they can in man. Yeah, I, I do. I was yeah. just going to correct you on something else, but I think you are right. I don't, do you call them... Hmm. Do you call... Would, yeah, I guess you would. Never mind. Okay, no, keep what? going. Tell, say it. No, I was just saying, Do you? would you call animals homosexuals? Because I thought homo was more... Oh. Too human? Human. So okay, I was two gay. lions are gay for each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a little, a little bit uh, uh, the correct way I would say. It, Personally, but. the fact that animals can be gay, I think, is really nice. It actually makes me reclaimed. But we, so nice. we want to get their <laughs> pronouns right, okay? Yeah, so. yeah. Don't wanna, <laughs> gay lions. <laughs> so anyway, so it's based on his book, and then William Goldman, and I actually didn't check on this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yes wrote the book and the screenplay to the, the Princess Bride was approached to write the screenplay for this. And he mm-hmm. said that he thought of it as a cross between Jaws and Lawrence of Arabia. So all mm-hmm. the Jaws jokes that I was thinking in my head 
the writer of the screenplay already openly admitted that that's what he was going mm-hmm. for. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this movie is, is about Val Kilmer's character. He's tasked to build this bridge in Africa. He goes there. Um, it's this, 1899. Right. It's really early. I mean, it's really late in the, the 19th century that they're they're building this this train in, in Africa. Because they're competing with Spain and France. And Germany and all these different conquer Africa. Right. Or, or colonize. Colonize Africa. Africa. They call it. Saving Africa right. from themselves. Pretty much like Tom Wilkinson's character, who's awful. Uh, is an awful character in this movie. Awful character in this movie is is tasking uh, Val Kilmer's character to build this bridge, and he even says, "I'm a real asshole." Yeah. Uh, we're building this bridge. We want to, you know, preserve this world from savages. You know, kind of talk like yeah, that. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So yeah. okay, we we get that gist and everything, right. and it plays out a bit more in the movie too. Um, so Val Kilmer accepts, goes there, he's like, I love Africa, even though I've never been there, starts to work on there, and then there's, um, a lion attack. Uh, he ends up killing the lion. One shot. One shot. Kills the lion, everything's cool for a while. It reminds me a lot, now that you say Jaws, it reminds me a lot of Jaws too, because, uh, in Jaws they capture the tiger shark, and everyone's Mm -hmm. happy, everything, everything's been saved, except Richard Dreyfuss is like, tiger shark! That wasn't it, yeah. They they want to open up the body and do a half-assed autopsy and watch that poor kid and her kid spill out all over the dock. Right, That's right from the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it a few times. Yeah, yeah, I know. Remember that time we watched, I I didn't think I made you watch watch it. It was very early in our relationship. And I I kept telling her, like, dude, Jaws, I love Jaws. I can probably recite the whole fucking movie. Like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll watch it sometime. And then I put it on. And we're like 20 minutes in the movie, and I'm doing line for line, and you're like, all right, all right, all right, yeah, I, I get it, I get it. it. I get yeah. it. <laughs> so. And I would like to c- clarify that I had seen Jaws several times before I met you. <laughs> yes. So. So, um, okay, so he kills the lion, everything's cool, then all of a sudden, his foreman gets attacked by a lion and killed. His foreman, who had claimed to have killed the lion with his bare hands once, he's a big dude. Big guy. Then he gets roached by these these lions, or they think it's just one lion at the time, mm-hmm. uh, but then it's two, and then these lions continually start to kill uh, the workers, mm-hmm. and so the workers now are afraid and don't want to work there anymore. They're feigning being ill. They're leaving, like their their main guy who keeps them all together. You know, Foreman, is, is, I think, yeah. is having a conflict with you know Val Kilmer. Um, there's two different races all mixed in too. There's the Africans who are working on this railroad along with Indian people who are working on this railroad right. too. They don't like each other. The religions are different. So there's all this conflict constantly going around while this bridge is being built. And Val Kilmer only has a certain amount of time to do it, but he's excelling, getting the bridge built and everything. Everything's working out fine again until the lions just start attacking people, mm-hmm. uh, killing them. And it's strange because one died and the next day another one dies. And then that's when they kind of find out like, oh, there's more than one. And now they're not necessarily killing for food. They're kind of just killing for sport. So they're fucking people are freaking out about this. Yeah. And then um, Tom Wilkinson comes back and is like, he, uh, Val Kilmer pretty much tells him, like, we need some fucking army here to, to help us, some soldiers to protect us, protect our workers so we can get this shit done. Mm-hmm. Uh, he balks at that until he sees, like, people in the hospital, people fucked up, all these workers are dead. And then he 
finally relents and he ends up hiring Michael Douglas to come in because he's a Michael Douglas's character is a hunter has been around the world a million times. Remington. He um, he's the best. He's our Quint, if you will. Yes, he's our Quint. <laughs> uh, fucking Val Kilmer's our Brody. And mm-hmm. fuck Richard Dreyfuss, he's not in the... Oh, yeah, I guess we do kind of... But he dies Dr- real early. Yeah. Starling <laughs> or something like that. Richard Dreyfuss doesn't make it. No, maybe our Richard Dreyfuss is the other guy. Oh, the, you're the right. I'm guy. sorry. The, the other foreman, yeah. yeah. Samuel. Samuel. Yeah. He's the, our narrator he's the for this movie. Um, and then, you know, that's when our, our two main characters now start to have a rapport with each other. They start to hunt these lions together and of course there's shit that happens they don't get to kill them and you know finally like towards the end of the movie they end up killing one of the lions they celebrate Mm -hmm. then another one of the lions ends up attacking the camp and killing um uh what's his fucking face i just said it Uh, michael douglas's character yeah so and this is all before they do that they celebrate and they get drunk and they do the whole Quint and uh, show me the way to go home. Yeah, kind of that, thing. that basic scene because I was like, oh, this this always ends well right. after this part. And um, so then, yeah, Val Kilmer ends up killing the other one, um, and and the people around the camp too during this time call the lions the ghosts in the darkness because that's when they just come out of nowhere. The ghost just comes out of nowhere, and then sometimes they attack in the dark. And they're like bad omens right. too. So they're worried about that spiritually. So yeah, so there's a lot of things that happen in this movie. I'm just going to pick apart some of the things. Um, there's, uh, they keep talking, well, well, Val Kilmer comes up with this trap to trap one of the, trap the lions in there. Uh, it's a good idea. I think it would have worked. It works for feral cats. Yeah, That's um, how you trap them. <laughs> you get like this kind of, what will look to be like a shipping container. Mm-hmm. Uh, open up one side, put bars that drop, the lever, you hit a lever, the bars will drop, and then the cat's stuck in there, along with some of the other people behind another gate to where they're able to kill the lion. Unfortunately, the bars were too big, yeah. and so the guys shooting at the lion were missing every single time, yeah, they were just hitting the bars, him. they couldn't hit them, and then... The place started on fire and all this shit they happened. They talk about and, how they didn't expect the lion to move so much. And yeah, that yeah. freaks out about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's <laughs> that. Um, another, another interesting scene is another one with Michael Douglas, which I always thought was just fucking hilarious. Is It's kind of like the, the first night that Michael Douglas is there and he brings along like a, a group of people, like a, a tribesmen with him, yeah. hunters, you know, hunters. just to back him up, you know, and to get these lions. And they're having like a seance and everything, and like he joins the seance and like dances with them. But he, like he doesn't really dance too much. He just kind of like moves his body a little bit. And yeah. <laughs> he just kind of looks like like a little chubby Michael Douglas, kind of you know having a, a good time at a party where he knows no one. That's what it looks like. Yeah. To me. It looks a little bit like the white savior to me, it, but it was <laughs> 1996, whatever. That happened. <laughs> and he, um, and yeah, that just that part was I, I thought was kind of funny. And then uh, there's another, there's one scene that I really do like, but you can totally pick it apart as you know it as a dream sequence. Yeah. Is right after they kill the one lion, Val Kilmer is dreaming, but you're not supposed to know it at the time. And his wife, who we hear about in the beginning of the movie and see in the beginning of the movie, is uh, like 
three or four or five months pregnant with his kid. Uh, so he wants to go finish this bridge and come back and see his wife, but everything's taking longer. So we get the sense that maybe his wife has come to visit him here where he's building this bridge. She arrives on the train. She gets off and has her son with him. And she's like, hi, everything, you know, hi, I'm yeah. over here. And he's like, oh, Dressed hi, how are in white. Right, he's like, yeah. hey. And then, of course, Val Kilmer sees in the distance that there's a lion charging towards her and he's like run and she's like oh it's so beautiful here yeah. and everything and then the lion just fucking tackles her and starts eating her <laughs> and then almost, he wakes up i mean it's almost laughable because as soon as i see that lion running for her yeah. I'm like, oh, okay this is, this a, is dream. a dream <laughs> but still i like that scene i thought yeah. it's fucking cool man it's just it it, it 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 makes me think about like what if that was you and i if i was stuck in that dream you know Aww. of me like there you are right there i've been wanting to see you this whole time yet the, the struggle that I've been dealing with is taking over that time that I want with you. And I guess that's somewhat of a metaphor, too, maybe for this movie. Or maybe yeah, I'm just making that shit up. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely part of the dream, I'm yeah. sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that part. Um, oh, here's my story, actually, okay. about, um, about this whole thing. So I want to say, I, I don't remember if I watched this movie, then I saw the exhibit, because there's a big exhibit. Uh, about this at the Field Museum in Chicago. Now, I remember it must have been like 99. I'm, I don't remember if I was in high school or not just yet. It might have been like right after high school that um, I went to go... There was a Star Wars exhibit at the Field Museum <laughs> and my buddy and I went. And I remember it was hilarious because when we got in the line to get go see the exhibit, there was this guy who looked like Seinfeld in the line my friend just kept going off about it. He's like, why do they call it a line? It's not straight. You know, he just kept doing the same thing. And I was just cracking up in line. So, um, but then we went, after seeing the Star Wars exhibit, we went to the part where they had this exhibit where uh, they tell the story of, you know, the of the lions yeah. and everything. The Field Museum has the skins of both the The skins of them, yeah. and it has, I believe, some bronze statues of them, too. Okay. Now, my buddy and I always, my friend's name is John. He's been on this show before. Uh, we did the movie Versus together. And I'll have him on once again at some point in time. When we can all be in the same room. <laughs> right, exactly. And um, we were near this exhibit, and him and I are really into movies. And around that time, we wanted to, like, make our own movie, you know. We had a video camera. We're like, yeah, we can fucking do this shit. So we see this one guy. He's bald has like a scrunched up looking face, has his badass beard and mustache and everything. If you've ever played the game Rygar, he looks like one of the monks you meet in the game Rygar. So my friend was like, wow, he'd be fucking awesome in our movie, man. And he's like, he was egging me. I said, yeah, go talk to him. Go, go next to him. Go next to him. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm going to go next to him. And of course, he's standing next to the exhibit. So I go and walk up and I stand right next to him. And then he starts to talk to me. He's going, well, these lions here were just explaining the whole thing that happened. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then he he kind of looks over and he looks at me. He's like, oh, shit, you're not my kid. <laughs> and I was like, and I went to him and he has that weird fucking look and uh, like weird face. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, no, no, man, keep going on, dude. This is awesome. And I'm like, you're telling me all about this shit. And then my friend John came over and we're kind of like bullshitting with the guy and everything. I was like, oh, that's really interesting, dude. 
That's my story. <laughs> so you've seen the skins of the lions. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Field Museum's awesome if you've ever been oh, to Chicago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You should definitely go there, man. Absolutely. There's so go much the shit. Yeah. So much shit to see there. I would like to go I've been there probably like a dozen times throughout my life, but probably been maybe about five or six years. No, longer than that. Way longer than that. So twenty years maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it? I think I was a teenager the last time i've been to the field museum i've been to the museum of science and industry yeah we were there not too long ago yeah. maybe about five years ago so mm -hmm. but um yeah that, that's my story about the huh. ghost and darkness so what do you feel about the movie How, what... i mean it is dated and it doesn't age well it, it shouldn't have been well what what doesn't age well the, the colonization of africa well they talk about that in the movie so um, yeah but even well okay because there's the one guy, the Indian guy, who's in control of the other Indian workers. He's like their their main guy, you know, the, the, the head. I know what you're going to say. And he, you know, him and Val Kilmer have a discussion, or mm -hmm. maybe not even discussion, a rift with each other. And he's like, I, if I can build this bridge, I, something like that. And he's like, and the guy goes and he's like, yeah, you're white, you can do anything, kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah, there's a lot of resentment. Yeah, but then Val Kilmer gets the last word in that scene, which is very 90s, I mm -hmm. think. I think that would have been much more of a point in mm -hmm. a newer movie. So, yeah, they touch on it, but at the end, everybody's like, yay, these white guys killed a lion. Now that they can keep colonizing Africa. See, I, I, I disagree with a lot of that, what you're okay. saying. I mean, I didn't take it that way. Because okay. I, I take it because when he first arrives, they're all fucking staring at him like, dude, what the fuck's this guy doing here? And like, oh, great, we got another white guy here kind of thing. So they won, so won, I won their respect. I think there's a lot of underlying stuff in this movie, okay. and it doesn't necessarily need to be spelled out for you. Or I'm not saying you as a person, but no, I'm I saying us as an audience. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that was on the top of the director's list no. to show also. This is Jaws and Lords of Arabia. Right. And I didn't, I, I don't see this movie necessarily as a white savior movie. I didn't say that. <laughs> but um, you alluded to it, though. Although I do think that, now that you said it. Right, right. <laughs> I don't think that. I think there's, uh, under certain circumstances, things have happened. They didn't call this guy to kill the lions. They called him to build a bridge. Yeah. And he ends up just end up killing the lions. And unfortunately, he's tasked with kind of being the savior. He's not against it totally. And he's he's kind of for it. He's a hunter too. And then, but unfortunately, he needs more help. And then they have to hire Michael Douglas to come in. And Michael Douglas, actually, when you first see him in this movie, it looks like he... Like they canceled the third movie in the like the romancing the stone, <laughs> the stone. trilogy, <laughs> and he had all the gear. So you're like, oh, I could just fuck it. Let, let's do this movie. I don't. I have the costume already. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> continuity wise, my hair is longer and I look like shit, so might as well. Hard times. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of Michael Douglas in this movie, he has top billing on IMDb, and I believe he's credited first at the beginning of the I movie. I want to say he is, but he doesn't show up until about 45 minutes into the yeah, film. Yeah, and then he dies like 30 minutes 30 before minutes the film's over. Yeah, <laughs> I would say about 15 minutes before. All right, maybe fine. 10 minutes before the film. But yeah, the, he's he's not in it as much as you would think. Right. Val Kilmer is your main character in this movie. He is the star movie. of this movie. And actually, you know what, now that I think about it, I remember reading a review 
about that, about how Val Kilmer is your main character in this movie and how like Michael Douglas is top build and everything. Right. So I, I remember reading something about it, not like I couldn't tell you the source or anything, probably some yeah. Chicago newspaper. Um, but anyway, uh, I've seen this film quite a bit. Um, I want to say probably about five, six times. Um, I like it. I, I think it's, I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't age as well as I liked it to have. Sure. But it's still a pretty fun movie. And it, it, I think the the added part of it being true for the most part, because you see that the lions didn't have manes. The real ones that they killed didn't have manes. They were just maneless lions that killed. Those are female lions. Not all of them, no. Really? Yeah, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You look it up. You got I'm your phone. Well, <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but we're almost done here, no, so okay. I can do it at my leisure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah. Anything else to add about Ghosts in the Darkness? No, I didn't hate it. It's It doesn't have any nostalgia for me because I didn't see it, surprisingly. Because mm-hmm. I, I love Val Kilmer. I can't believe I didn't see it when I was 16. But I didn't. Uh, and so seeing it with, like, eyes in my 40s, Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah, I can see that. I, I can see if you didn't kind of grow up with it yeah. in a way, and then you come at it with just something new, then yeah, I can see how you can have some issues with it. But I don't think they were necessarily the intention of the filmmakers. Um, but I, I do... It never I, has to be, but yeah, okay, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have a good time with the movie. It's not great by any means, but it's still enjoyable and it still looks good. Like, yeah, uh, it I, does. Think, I think Stephen Hopkins is a pretty decent director. Um, he's good at movies where there's predators. Ah, actually, did Predator too. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> I like Predator too a lot. Yeah. I think my other problem is also like the killing of wildlife. Like, I understand that they were mur- murdering workers but you're in their house that's uh lion's gonna hunt yeah it's just what they do so i don't love the idea of cheering about killing a lion bloodthirsty killer lions being a lion and you were in his way but they say that it's not really how the lions are though that so they're it's like this special kind of i know encounter i still don't love to watch that that's all now, if it's like a deep rising monster, that's different. I don't know any like giant worms that are just trying to live their lives. You know. Well, what I mean? well how about Jaws then? I mean, you're in Jaws' world in the water. Do you yeah, get upset I feel, when I bad do for, feel bad, bad for, for the, Jaws. For Bruce. Yeah, Jaws is being a shark. Get out of the ocean. But he's an exceptional shark, though. He's attacking boats and everything. Gotta be an exceptional animal, otherwise it's boring. You're not gonna, you can't change me. I'm not trying to change you. I'm just <laughs> telling our audience, if you're gonna watch an, an animal attack movie or an animal predator movie, they have to be exceptional to make okay, it good. Fine. Or to make it enjoyable yeah. and fun. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us this time around, and we should be back in a week or two. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. 
Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.